from CNN is reporting that, quote, several U.S. federal government agencies have been hit with a global cyber attack. Now, this attack exploits a vulnerability in widely used software. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency said that they are working urgently to understand impacts and ensure timely remediation. It's not immediately clear if the hackers are part of a Russian-speaking ransomware group that has claimed credit for a number of other situations in the hacking campaign. European banks, you will soon be witnessing the most powerful cyber attack in the recent history of the world. Be prepared, because when we strike, it will be too late to make amends. Many European banks will be targeted and we will hit without mercy. World has gone mad. The reason for this is money. If God rules Russia, then who rules Europe? That's right, the banking system. No money, no problem. Today we witness the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. Now, do we actually need to start making sure that our meat is not mRNA vaccinated meat? Is that a thing? Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I, not to be a, a doomer here, but they'll eventually just get you with mosquitoes. You know? No. Yeah, they, they can. No. In California, no. they, uh, they vaccinate via mosquitoes. Welcome to Burn Babylon Burn. This is not a news show. It's an opinion show. We encourage you to do your own research. We do not give financial, legal, medical, or any kind of advice. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to Burn Babylon Burn. So it seems like all of our psyops are coming together. Uh, last week, we had aliens. This week, we got Cyber Polygon. Uh, welcome to the show, Drew Missin from your Missin' the Point. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. This uh, should be a very interesting conversation. Like you said, a lot of things are coalescing all to a single point now. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like the WEF has the crystal ball and, and you know, oh, event 201. Oh, wow, it happened. Uh, Cyber Polygon, food chain reaction. All of these these ops that they talk about end up happening. Hmm. Wonder, uh, wonder could, what's going on there. Exactly. If only we could get the lottery numbers from these guys, then we'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, they, yeah, they'll, they'll predict the weather too because they probably have because <laughs> they that make it. Tech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Well, funny enough, uh, NASA's in on this, uh, this hacking incident as well. They're, they're talking about solar winds and uh, th- this probe thing. They sent it into a solar flare, which I'm thinking. They got this little scooper on a probe, and it's going into a solar flare. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that it's all BS. Um, just it, it's it sounds made up. That sounds like they're they're getting ready to say there's another Carrington event, and they're just going to shut the grid off and go, "Oh no, it's a solar flare." That's what totally did it. It wasn't us just flipping the switch. 
Right. And uh, so then there's also this thing all being tied to Russia somehow. And in fact, uh, one of the hacking groups said that they they hailed from uh, Sudan. And I was just listening to No Agenda right before talking to you. And uh, and he was mentioning Adam was mentioning that Victoria Newland, uh, Noodleman Kagan, uh, ended up leaving Sudan recently, two and a half months ago. So uh, so that's on their their shit list anyway. So um, so that they're involved with Russia in some way and they have a serious war going on there. Um, but yeah, so the, this hacking group, which names all the names of everybody who they would want to be the culprit for it. So I'm thinking that, that, you know, and I don't want these guys to get mad at me because, uh, because I don't want them to, you know, <laughs> delete my bank account. Um, and, and it seems like that's what they're trying to do right now anyway. And, uh, and yeah, these, these guys, must be an op they must be you know it, it's it's like the the plot point in all those movies where the government hires hackers because you know they they catch them hacking and they go hey you can work for us or blah 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 you know and then they do these elaborate productions and put them out on the dark web and then you know you got your boogeyman and they're in cool costumes they got their anonymous masks yeah, it's like they're pro- it's like we're living in a, a a movie a Hollywood movie and they're priming society with all of these events that is bringing up to this point and they've just released the the villain of the film so to speak but you're right how they keep coming back to russia it's not like we're living in some kind of a 1980s movie it's not like we're fighting the ussr it's been an independent nation or federation for quite a while now and somehow they keep being the bad guys it's like they've only got the one playbook right well when i when i looked up the original uh ice age farmer video where he dug up the uh the wef's plan for cyber polygon uh no one knows where ice age farmer is right now by the way uh but uh, yes, anyway I've, I've been missing him for a long time uh watched his video and he mentions that uh that they were trying to tie the cyber attack uh, that the cyber attacks may be tied to russia someone who hacked us in the election of 2016 um, they, they were running with that three years ago in uh, in the uh, summer of 2020. It's um, way before it's all like, this escalated. Yeah, it's, it's actually really scary, though, that they've played the fear on this really well, because if it is a staged event or it is a real hacking event, either way, the grid or at very least the Internet is going down. And unfortunately, there's a large amount of our modern infrastructure, which is reliant on Internet access gas lines, water, um, electricity at terminals, all these things are, require access to the internet these days. It's not um, solid hardware anymore. Everything's gone digital. So there would be massive repercussions in a, a Western modern society. Yeah, there's there's even internet stuff going on in, in the trucks here. I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that pen and paper would work, but uh, I, I drive for a company that got hacked a couple of years ago and... Uh, and it shut things, shut electronic things down for a, about a week. And, uh, and it, it's been happening at a lot of food distribution centers. See, uh, go back to food chain reaction. And, uh, and you know, being a, a trucker, we're part of the food chain as well. So, uh, so yeah, they, they, they can use this to do a lot of things. They can definitely use it to justify a war. All they have to do is, is have something go down and blame it on the the right people and you know uh these governments can't control what you know outside agents do for one you know it's not like 
like it's official, you know, this, this is a, this is a Chinese hacker and, and China put them up to it. It's, you know, it, it's a rogue Chinese hacker that's doing stuff against it, probably against their government's plans, but it's usually probably just a U.S. agent in a costume so that, you know, they, they can get everything that they want out of the false flags that they tend to do. It's a multi-pronged approach because if they do manage to do this and pull it off, not only would it justify a kinetic war with the bad guys, air quote, it would also allow them to usher in CBDCs. The answer to, oh, everyone's banking details have been wiped and we no longer have access to how much money you had in the bank. So we're just going to put everyone on a universal basic income. And the scary part is in Australia, they've been really running that home in the past 12 months, getting that type of system set up. But they're always saying they're future-proofing. They're getting things in place just in case something happens. Well, they're future-proofing something that looks like it's going to be a reality very soon. That, that's why, uh, I, as the disclaimer in the front of the show says, I don't give advice, but I recommend hard assets, things that, you know, things that are useful and, and think of things that, that other people can use because you'll be trading and, and things like that. That's, you know, usefulness is the key to, to the things that you want to keep around. Um, it'll help you and it'll probably help somebody else. Oh, the amount of hardware I have in my garage. Jesus, the tools, the nails, the screws, the hinges, scrap timber. <laughs> that, that would probably be gold in a, in a real situation where something like that happened. But like you said, this is a healthy bit of speculation because if we don't speculate, we can't form our own hypothesis of what could happen and what we would do in that situation. Otherwise, we're just sitting on our asses and waiting for it to happen and then reacting. Well, if, if they cut the power, it's it's not like people are going to be able to, people will be able to trade Bitcoin to an extent. You could you could trade a hard wallet and trust the person that the hard wallet is, or uh, the uh, the cold storage is is actually cold. And, you know, and then whenever the Internet comes back, you can do it. But it, it Bitcoin doesn't solve this. And, you know, right. uh, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> one of those things. Uh, and, you know, there is ways to get power back on. But as far as the internet if the internet is is all wonky then uh then that could be a mess too um i i'm i'm sure that there's ways that it can come back and that there will be regions where it will be on but uh it's going to affect the value imagine the the headaches it would cause if everyone's information like your digital presence was wiped from the internet trying to prove your identity to get things done is hard enough now like if you're trying to apply for a bank loan or you're trying to um, buy a car or something like that, the amount of ID verification you have to put into that to get it in a world of a digital um, a digital ID, like it's essentially your your little imprint is on the internet. So they can verify, verify it, but it still takes time. Imagine if you had to do that with physical assets. Oh, this is my last physical bill. This is my driver's license. This is my passport. A lot of people don't actually have anything physical anymore. So if you're trying to prove who you are and say uh, the banking grid went down and I actually had $70,000 in the bank and my mortgage was paid off, how could you prove that if all the information's wiped from the system? Well, I, I would think it would be, we would be in chaos and we would be seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of things that, um, you know, it, it, when order's out the window, uh, order has to be created in some way. And, uh, and hopefully that way is that that everybody from the neighborhood 
gets together and makes sure that that there's no crime and that everybody is is doing okay. But if you're in certain places, then you're going to get run by the criminals. You're going to get run by by the cartel in some places. You're going to get run by the street gangs in other places. You're going to get run by the government in some places. And so yeah. it, it, if your idea of where you want to have refuge is somewhere where you and your neighbors handle things. Yeah, it's the rule of the jungle. The strongest comes out on top. And if you're in a city where there's uh, less than scrupulous people who wouldn't hesitate to do horrible things to you they're going to be on top very quickly but like you said if you're in a, a really strong community and you've got those ties already your strength is in numbers and that's where it's going to come down to right right so make friends with people that you can you know um and and don't don't show them that you're a problem and don't be a problem so you know that that's <laughs> That's a key right there. So survival key number one and, and be useful. Uh, we, we talked about that a few weeks ago that uh, uh, there was um, a nurse at uh, Childerberg and he taught us a whole bunch of tips and tricks and told us equipment to carry around with us and, and things like that. And if you're, if you're useful, whenever things are going down, then you're, you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. It's, um, and it's a catch-22 as well because you don't want to overshow your hand either. You don't want to be that crazy isolationist guy who the neighborhood knows has got preps and has everything aside because you're going to be the target. When people start to get hungry, their anger is going to be directed towards you as you're the guy who's been hoarding all this stuff aside. So you definitely need to be community-minded. Right. Yeah, uh, that that's another thing is is we we watch all these things and they they tease us with all of these things that they've been they've been talking about for three years now by the way three years on on most of these psyops um four years on uh on event 201 and they actually pulled that one off they did it in october and started in january so that that one was a that one was a fast track uh they had to get rid of orange man and uh he's in some trouble uh what what do australians think of the orange man um it's he's a bit of a joke honestly we either see him as the left-leaning people would see him the same way as your democrats would he's a racist bigot homophobe the worst person in the world orange man bad type of a deal then i think the rest of conservative australians kind of see him as a prophet for the cutards like we just we see him as from an outside. We're not actually, we don't have any skin in the game with Trump. We kind of watch him from the outside and go, geez, he seems to be just the person they're dangling for the opposition. He's got a lot going on about him, which I question and I have my reservations about. He's, he pushed Operation Warp Speed. He's one of the very few presidents in American history who pushed for gun reform and gun control, which you never saw the Democrats try and do as much as he did. And He's the only one there. And I can't help but feel all these indictments that he's had over the past 12 months. That's being done to boost a cult of personality for him so that he's the only political option for the, for the Republicans. Not that I'm that a person was, who thinks there's a right or left That's paradigm. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that the whole time. That's exactly what uh, my friends... Oh, do you think he's in real trouble this time? And I, I know Merrick Garland has an erection for him and is, is going to keep <laughs> going after him. Uh, but at the same time, I know that this boosts him and, and keeps him in the limelight and he, he loves attention like this. So, yeah. Well, he's, he's a TV personality, isn't he? 
And the yeah. problem is you see like the latest indictment of all these air quotes files they found. Those are the most staged photos I've ever seen. They literally look like brand new office boxes that have been placed in a room and a photo taken. A man with his excess of wealth does not need to store nuclear codes and defense secrets in a fucking toilet. He could have right. a safe. He could have a shipping container. <laughs> Why are they on a stage, a literal stage in one photo, and then in a toilet? It doesn't make sense. Well, it's they're they're presenting it. It's you know most of these these things are are rolled out in a way that that we want they want our eyes to see them. Um, but you know the other guys that had documents, nothing's going to happen to Biden, obviously, uh, because the Justice Department is is people that he appointed. And uh, the only way that that could happen is is if Trump wins, I guess. But eh. uh, I I have a feeling that he's you know he said he's going to lock up crooked Hillary the whole time in 2016 when he was running, and he never did. And <laughs> she gets her cackling revenge right now. Uh, not that I think he's going to get locked up. That is funny. I, I I hear that oh Trump's been arrested, and then I see him giving a speech a day later. Uh, okay, uh, this is for show. This is this is the presentation, and I, I, I probably should stop talking about him. But he's such a he's he's one of my favorite clowns in the clown show. Um, it always always a barrel of laughs with that one. Yeah, he's the best clown at the circus, that's for sure. Um, Americans, <laughs> if this is all a circus, Americans have the front row seat, and the rest of the world's in the bleachers, looking from the top in. As an it's American, very, I've I've got to ask very this. close to what Carlin said. Yeah. Yeah, he so said, he said whenever. This. Okay, uh, real quick, he said whenever you're Sorry. born, you get a ticket to the circus. But if you're American, you got a front row seat. So that was <laughs> that was a Carlin joke. So it's you, you channeled Carlin right there. It's amazing. Anyway, good. Sorry, I've got to ask. I've I've speak to a lot of American podcasters, quite a few friends. What's your take on what the 2024 ballot's going to look like? Who do you see the Democrats and the Republicans putting up for? president and vice president in their respective parties. I I think it's, I, I was thinking recently that it's going to be a Trump DeSantis ticket, but it might actually just be uh, DeSantis and, uh, and probably Carrie Lake because she's, she's the person that the, the MAGA's favor and it would be the, the, uh, the truce, you know? And, um, and so they, they would have her there and she's, She's one of those people that that wins for losing. So she just lost and said that she's fighting for us and that she's doing all this and everything and nothing's happened. And, and it's been just a big show of bluster. And she's she's always there in the cameras and everything. And uh, and she's kind of perfect to be the Trump proxy. So say Trump actually does get arrested and or ineligible to run or just bogged down with legal stuff, then he and DeSantis make a truce and DeSantis frees him. And that makes all the, uh, the diehard Trump people get behind DeSantis. So I, I think that might be how it plays out. I've always thought that one of the guys was going to take a fall to the other. And it was set up sort of like that. Uh, I, I even showed the clip, but YouTube took it away. Uh, the finger poke of doom between Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan um, back in the uh, late nineties in WL. It's, um, it's interesting because they're saying flat out that Biden's going to run again, but I don't see him physically getting there. But mind you, I've said that when he first got elected, I don't think he was going to last a presidency. So I'm surprised he's lasted this long. 
there's a lot of Democrats from what I'm seeing that are really upset about there not being a, uh, a primary debate for the Democratic Party. That should raise a lot of red flags for the left-leaning Americans out there. But I can't help but feel, and if, it, if I was writing this as a script myself, I would have RFK Jr. run for president with Michelle Obama as his VP. And then somehow, this is a completely uh, hypothetical here, RFK Jr. would get assassinated, leaving Michelle Obama as president. So that's another thing is RFK, uh, I don't know why he's doing this. I I think he... I, I think he's putting himself in a bad place for for doing this first of all so it, it kind of it kind of just tells me everything you need to know about him that he's looking for something bigger and um, and I, I think he, he's done some good work a lot of good research and everything and, and got a ton of things to the alternative media um, I, don't, I don't see him shaking hands with uh, with the with Michael Obama, you know, I just don't, I, I can't see that happening, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it would also take a lot, uh, to get the, uh, the left to go anti-vax there. And they were anti-corporation years ago. Now they're completely pro-corporation because all the corporations have rainbow flags on them. Um, but they used to be, they used to be anti-pharma, but they're not anymore. That's, that's no, this very new version of the left is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's corporate sponsored, uh, uh, tyranny for your own good. Yeah. The, they're the people who used to work in health food stores and be anti GMO vegetables. And now they're GMO themselves. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. What, what was cool though, is it's somebody that I thought that would be, uh, completely left, uh, in this situation called me out of the blue. And I found out that she's on our side and I thought that that was really cool and gave me a lot of hope. So I, um, I, I was surprised by that. Just, you know, people that, that I used to know and, and don't keep, I hadn't kept up with, uh, anybody from my past because I deleted Facebook during the, uh, scamdemic. I said, uh, I said the magic word and, uh, <laughs> and they started deleting things that I was saying. And, um, and I was, upset about that, that oh, okay well you're, you're making money off of my account being there it's the same thing with youtube i'm dealing with it right now i i don't know why i'm still streaming to youtube so reminder everybody there's links down here and you follow those links and they get you my podcast and other places and use that instead of youtube uh because they will get rid of me at some point they've they had me pretty darn close yeah i've um <laughs> I've danced with YouTube a couple of times and I've required, I've got hits on my account from guest spots on other people's shows. So they're definitely targeting people left, right and center. With Polygon, with the food chain reaction, all these things that are being toyed with and thrown into the public sphere. Do you think they're actively waking people up though? The unintended side effect is they're pushing this stuff really fast all of a sudden. I'm feeling that, and just in conversations with average people, they're starting to notice it. There's general conversations happening where people are going, oh, did you hear about what they're trying to do with um, vaccines and cattle? I don't feel right about that. Doesn't seem doesn't seem normal. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I I think to an extent, um, but there's the control is is not is it's not what everybody thinks. I I don't think I run into the 
loony people that that think that uh that everything that's happened over the past three years has been great uh i don't run into those people and i'm out all over the place i'm in airports i'm on buses i'm you know i'm all over the place in truck stops a lot and yeah i I think that the whole idea is to make everyone think that that's what people are thinking when there's very few of them you'll find them all at the uh at the drag queen story time events and things like that. I mean, they, they definitely have their, their true believers, but the, the algorithm amplifies them and, uh, and the media is made up of them. Yeah. It's, um, it's a small fringe minority that gets presented and publicized as being a greater majority than it is. And you compound that with the silent majority, that term always gets thrown around. I don't think they're silent. People talk about it, but they're empathetic about acting on it. They'll have conversations in families with friends, but they won't go beyond that. They don't want to rock the boat. They're too afraid. The The old saying, don't discuss politics or religion at the dinner table is kind of been thrust upon society in general. And those are the conversations people will quietly have, but not take any further. Yeah, it's true. Um, they, they, I guess they just hold, it, it's some kind of way of looking at things politely. I don't know. Um, and you you know you don't want to get into a situation where it's a fight because so many people are really really strongly uh, opinionated on something. So if you mention something that you you have to be really careful when you're first talking to someone and and throw out the hints and pick up the hints whenever you do. Uh, it it's a weird landscape to navigate at this point. Or you know or screw it and lose some people that you thought were your friends. Because that, that's happened too. Especially like the landscape you said, it's a minefield because you can agree with someone on 98% of everything. You can be all down the line together and there'll be one small little factor which will make you be the, the worst person on the planet and they instantly lose all faith in you as a person and not want to talk to you. I think that's the issue with RF, um, with Robert Kennedy Jr. is that he's got a lot of elements about him which the right like but he's still very hard on guns in America. And I don't think that's a winning situation for any politician in the States to try and get the vote of the right. You've, you've got that amendment for a reason. I don't think you can sway public opinion on that ever. It's built into your DNA as a country. I think it's it, it's a really big long shot. And, and I see people getting excited about it. Uh, even Ron Paul's excited about it. Uh, and I'm just like, this is, this is, uh, this is, another Bernie situation. This is another Ron Paul situation. And, you know, if, if any politician, if they're going to make a difference, you know, you saw what happened to McDonald, you saw what happened to Trafficant, and you saw what happened to Wellstone. Um, if somebody that can really do some damage to the, to the system with what they have to say, then they have ways of handling that or they'll, they'll knock them off into a obscurity. Like Cynthia McKinney was, she was, you know, she was in the House of Representatives, and now you know uh, there she has a small following on on Twitter and a few other places, but uh, but she's not somebody that you're hearing from too much anymore. Yeah, and you have to think about, especially the World Economic Forum and Young Global Leaders and all these initiatives that are happening at a global scale. How much of it is planned and co-opted on both sides? Are they just simply taking it in turns and doing it all for theater? And is there any real political answer left? I think that's a really 
important question people are starting to ask themselves. In America, you guys have got the ability not to vote, which is a fantastic thing. In Australia, we don't have that option. We have to vote. It's, it's illegal not to. You'll be fined if you don't. And it's really pushed upon us as your responsibility as a good citizen to, to vote on something, which I don't know. I, I'm personally, I'm struggling with the idea that any one person can remove all our troubles. I think we need to do it on a, a grassroots level. I think so too. I think that that that's the only way that it can be done. And uh, and the big reminder is that you can't save everybody. So you have to you really have to look at at uh, geographic reason or region, and uh, and stick to friends and family and build a network too because you're you're going to need that whenever things uh, get messed up. But uh, for the most part, if you can, if you can achieve a community that, that makes all of this stuff, this is what I, uh, Pete always talks about. Uh, if, if it's, if you're in a neighborhood that acted like COVID never happened, then you're in a good place to be. And that, that's, uh, that's something that requires, you know, being active around there. Uh, I can't do it because I'm a truck driver, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it, it is the answer to the situation is to, you know, do everything for yourself and uh, and your neighbors and build a community and hope that that works. God, isn't that a sobering situation that if you were one of the people where your neighbors dobbed you in for having people around at your house during lockdown? Can you really trust those people ever again? No, you I would say leave if you're around those kind of people, because because otherwise, whenever there's a situation next time, it, it could escalate and escalation. If it, yeah, you know, if the escalation doesn't end up in your favor, it could mean that you you have to deal with authorities or you have to deal with that person and uh, in a crazy kind of way. Yeah, it's it's not anything to be around if you can if you have any sort of mobility whatsoever, get away from an environment like that. That's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been doing a, a little bit of deep diving around what's happening in Australia with our food infrastructure recently, and it's making me reflect back on the past three years of the the turkey based rollout and everything that went along with that. I think there was a plan behind that that we probably won't see for probably maybe another ten years, but a large deal of it, I think, was priming society just for the mRNA technology and everything. I think the days of air quotes, DNA-based vaccines, the traditional vaccines that we've known as growing up, they're going to disappear very quickly and you're going to see just-in-time mRNA-based vaccines pop up everywhere. It's starting to look that way in our food industry in Australia with cattle. Australia's in a really unique position where because of our isolation um, geographically and we're a continent island, we're surrounded by water, we've got the best biosecurity in the world physically and with the processes we've got in place. So in the entire inception of our country, we haven't had a foot and mouth disease outbreak. We haven't had mad cow. We haven't had viola mite until recently. And now all these things are starting to happen within the past couple of years where why is it happening now? So during the, the events of COVID, what was quietly happening in the background was one of our biggest beef industries started to... Um, invest money in mRNA vaccines for lumpy skin disease in cattle, which got really great results apparently. And now they're using that as a means for let's roll that out to foot and mouth disease because Australia can't possibly have an outbreak of FMD. 
We've got Indonesia, which is our closest neighbor, which is traditionally has outbreaks all the time. And in 2022, they had a massive outbreak in Indonesia of foot and mouth disease. And our media ran it into the ground. It was the biggest scare campaign you'd ever seen. The government wanted to lock down travel from Indonesia. They wanted to ban travel into it and out. So much to the point that anyone getting off a plane who was in that geographical area either had to destroy their shoes or wash them because they were so afraid of bringing it into the country. And it just seems like these things are happening to prime society for a either a real event where maybe it has got into the country, maybe it was placed in the country, or it was a completely faked event that they're going to force all the herds and all the stock agents and farmers of Australia to vaccinate their cattle with an mRNA vaccine against FMD. And I can speculate on what might happen with that. It could be a situation of cattle dropping dead over time. It could be a case of fertility rates dropping in cattle. But that's all going to compound in an event where if our beef, dairy, uh, lamb, pig, all those industries have been vaccinated with something and then we have a huge loss of cattle, what are we going to eat? Our herds will be decimated. There'll be multi-millions of dollars of loss and there'll be no food. In comes the, the problem reaction solution from the World Economic Forum. Uncle Klaus wants us to eat the bugs. What option will we have if there's no actual animals to eat? That, that's the plan. I, I think that, that that's that's the uh, the end goal of all of this. And so the whole idea is they're going to get it into you one way or another. Uh, and it's it's not just the meat there. There's uh, there's a, a University of Davis in Berkeley. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. UC UC Davis. Yeah. It's not in Berkeley. It's a little bit. It's close to Berkeley. But UC Davis has been experimenting with an mRNA salad. Um, then, uh, and as, as you saw in the, uh, intro clip, there's the Bill Gates mosquitoes that are supposed to vaccinate us as well. And, uh, and yeah, that, I, I just grabbed that cause it had both things in it and it was Sam Hyde and he's usually pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, they're going to try to get in, into us some way or another, and you're not going to know in a lot of places that you go to eat, they're not going to tell you that. And so you can't trust restaurant food. If you don't want that in your system at all, uh, which I don't, I don't think you do, then you you basically have to drop out of society because it's, uh, I, I think it's even gonna, you know, I think there was, there was the issue with shedding, you know, there was that, right? And then there's uh, the way that they, uh, they recycle toilet water. And that also ends up getting all kinds of other stuff. And, and I don't know, how long it lives and what it does. But I remember whenever they first started coming out with this stuff, they said that it had to be at uh, at minus 40 degrees or something like that. And I know that none of them, none of them did that because you have to get a really special kind of truck to ship that. First of all, unless you're, I guess, unless you're packing it with dry ice back there to ship something at minus 40, most of the, the typical reefer units are minus 20 uh, yeah, that, at maximum. That gives me a lot of hope that, we know that that, even on paper, according to themselves, it was the biggest experiment in human history. They essentially injected the majority of the Western world and sat back and watched what happened. I have a lot of hope that because they had to be refrigerated at such a low temperature, the majority of trucks taking these things around would have made these things inert and not harmful. 
I think that there might have been the case of different strengths, high dose, low dose, uh, medium dose. There could have been situations where they were sitting out in the open for too long and they became inert. Hell, even shaking them apparently broke down the proteins inside it so that it don't work. So I have a pretty big hope and I pray that it doesn't have the impact that a lot of the, the doom and gloomers in our community think where it's an ultimate kill shot. I don't think that's going to come into fruition. Will there be some bad shit come out of it? Yeah, most likely. But I have the hope that we're in a position where it's not going to be as bad as as our, our nightmares are. And if we go back to they want to get it into us, even if it's not a case of transferring the spike protein via ingesting, think about it as a means of just culling food systems. That's going to create another Holodomore 2.0. They could starve the majority of the world out. Yeah, and, and I mean, these are technocratic communists, and uh, and that's what communists do. They starve you. That that's how they get compliance, and that's how they're going to get the uh, the lab meats that are that are three D printed um, with probably bug nutrition as well. Just because that you know that they, they can't just stop at the microplastics. They want you to eat the bugs and everything else, and you know none of us, all of us, have microplastics in us. Uh, no one's immune to that. It's in so many things, uh, just putting stuff in, in a lot of these plastic containers will leach plastic into it. And yeah. Um, and we're just surrounded by it. It's everywhere. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to do other than there, there's only one answer and the answer is to drop out. And, uh, and a lot of people don't want to do that because, uh, because the key, the key reason that we're in society is, is the comfort and the connection and everything like that. But if, you know, you find the right people, you drop out the right way. Uh, I won't get upset if you stop listening because you're out, out, you know, and, and not paying attention to the internet anymore because you don't have to, that that's, that's the key to that is you're not seeing what guys are talking about on the internet anymore because you don't have to worry about it. That's, that's what I want for everyone. Yeah, and think about the, the hurdles that are in place for you to try and drop out of the system. The system is built up in a way that you can't get through that net as much as you try. Unless you're going to just randomly leave your house and go walk out to the middle of the bush or the outback or go to Alaska and disappear, there's so many things preventing you. Homesteading is pitched as the answer to solve this problem. But even that's wrought with issues that surround you. You've still got property tax. You've still got... Um, especially in Australia, you've got laws around what you can and can't produce. Um, you could have government agents come in and test your crops and your animals for diseases, search, seizure, destroying. You're still in the system no matter what. It's Unless you're going to go off into the wild and become a troll or a hobbit and live in a hole, that's, that's they've, what, built, uh, they've built this perfect system, haven't they? What I, I think is, is to get out of the system, you either have to be really rich or really poor. And there's no in between unfortunately and um and you i i guess poor is you have to redefine wealth and uh and if you're off the radar that much you can you can create wealth in different ways um and you're probably even better off than some of the richer people out there if you don't if you don't have to participate in this system if you don't need any kind of cash dollar money or and you're you don't even need gold or silver or bitcoin or whatever else you don't need any of that stuff um if you're at that point you're actually doing great it's just getting there is really hard and you have to 
I guess you have to invest in being that poor. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely becoming the uh, the Aldous Huxley analogy where you've got people living in these huge elaborate cities where all their needs and desires are given to them. And then you've got the nomads on the fridges that are going to be wild, which will probably be people like us touch wood. <laughs> but you can see that these 15 minute cities they're installing, it's not just about control. These parasite elites that are at the top, they want a surf class. They don't want to completely remove all people. They want their minions. They want their people to do their bidding it's going to be like breeding stations, essentially. They're going to have those little hubs where they still breed and create people for their personal use. Yeah, uh, I, I think that they're not as confident in their their robotics and AI that uh, that they were originally whenever they came up with this plan because I, I think that they've wanted to eliminate us for a long time. You know, Prince Philip talked about dreaming about coming back as a virus and, and wiping out most of the population because the world's overpopulated. And then you've got all these uh, Paul Ehrlich population bomb people, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to get what they need out of what they're trying. So they need to keep us around and the 15 minute cities are a perfect little place to have people and, and, you know, use, utilize them as, as slaves i mean because really we we all are to some capacity we just have all these luxuries and uh we're we're working more hours than the peasant class of the uh of the old days did the you know they got to spend a majority of their time with their families and and taking walks and spending times with friends and and going to pubs and doing all those kinds of things um they they just spent a few hours a day working yeah, it's um, it's actually really twisted that they've made us a slave to our own families. That, in order to keep the bills paid, pay the mortgage off, put your kids through school, keep food on the table, you're stuck in that system, and we don't need to be like that. The past has proven it. The serfs of medieval Europe, they had more downtime. They would work well, a few hours in the field, and they might do some fishing or hunting, and they'd spend time with their family and raise their own kids. And they had no real issues society-wise, apart from being forced to go to war with other nations. That hasn't changed. But they had, on average, a more relaxing lifetime, more downtime. Yeah, they, they turned it into a liability. So uh, it, so they made, they made it uh, a luxury. It's more expensive to have more. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how they, they swapped it on us like that because... because uh, a sign of wealth back in the day was if somebody had a whole bunch of kids, um, they, they had more people to, to help out around and everything. And people, people kept the same house for generations and generations and it, it worked out great, but yeah, this is a, this is a new system where everybody thinks that they're going to, you know, be the seed that forges everything for, you know, for their future. And it's, yeah, without all that history, it's going to be hard. And and we got psyoped into it. We fell right into it. I I I know I did at least. You know, I fell right into the you know, don't build generational wealth and don't have kids and all the other stuff stuff like that. And you know, I fell right into that scam. You've got some kids though, right? No, I don't. Trying with my wife, but um, yeah, okay, it's definitely something I I definitely want to do. I don't think I could leave the world without having some kind of an imprint of me for the future to 
to try and do something about what's happening. And I think that's what we have yeah, to keep doing. The world would be missing the missings. <laughs> it would be, absolutely. <laughs> it's um to go back to what you're saying about how they've flipped the idea of what wealth is, you look at royalty and the elites of back in the day, they were generally overweight people because they had such a high calorie intake. Well, the majority of the poor today have the highest calorie intake and they're the fattest people. So they've inverted that as well. We're we're at a point in time where people are actively tracking their calorie intakes to make sure they're not getting obese. Why are we in a situation like that? It should be the opposite way around. You should be worrying about getting enough calories to survive. And now it's just everywhere. They they killed us with kindness. Absolutely, and... they did. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I've got the uh, the air conditioning running right now, and uh, and things things like that. I, I'm enjoying all the luxuries of of this world, and uh, and this world is a mess. And then disconnecting from it is really the best thing you can do. It's, I guess it's a, a theme that we've adapt, adapted and uh, might as well talk about Ted Kaczynski because <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been less than a week. And, uh, and, you know, I'm hearing a lot about him just because uh, everybody's done their eulogy. We, we kind of did ours at the uh, WTF forum on Sunday, but, uh, but what a genius um, really, really got it. He really knew, how they would uh how they would mess with our minds and uh and just the over socialization is what's causing a lot of this mess it's uh he he had his finger on the pulse of what was coming very well didn't he you combine him with the likes of the the uh the hero that will be a folk hero in american history with the killdozer <laughs> you got a, a lot of yeah, people are noticing what's coming yeah it's and he's going to be, Ted Kaczynski is going to go down in history as being one of the most evil human beings. And he's going to be remembered through Netflix documentaries and movies and television series. But he's not wrong. He's definitely not Wait, wrong what came. Not if we have something to say about that. Now, yes. uh, <laughs> I highly recommend uh, checking out Pete Quinones and uh, and uh, Aaron doing a read through of uh, Industrial Society and its future. I, it's amazing and he's uh, pete's read many of his articles and many of his uh, uh just a lot of his writings and go through pete's channel because it's it's really nifty for that but uh but yeah let's let's let everybody know that ted was ted was a prophet and uh and saw how things were going to go down and uh and we're living it now it's it's like he i know he was mk ultra whenever he was in college and uh and maybe he saw their plan. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that went down, but he he saw it brighter than anybody else I know of. And so far out too. Like this really, this has only happened, I'd say in the past 10 years, we've seen a high escalation and it's really ramped up in the past three. That's very noticeable now. But he saw it that far back. The amount of foresight that he had is amazing. And to think that now... If you do want to be more self-sufficient and live on a few acres and make as much food as you can and produce your own energy, whatever, those things 20 years ago would have been seen as hippie-ish and green. And now it's right-wing conservatism and your potential threat and a national security issue just to be looking after yourself. Yeah, that was on the list. They they had <laughs> homesteaders on the list. Uh, yeah, they're... Yeah, they they don't like the talk of uh, of prepping, and in fact, uh, 
there's I, I got I have to get the article to, to spit it out right. I know that uh, that they wanted to have a list of everybody who had enough food for a month or more, something like that. They wanted to have lists. And uh, and yeah, it's 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 scary, especially the the way that, you know, we see the Merrick Garland and the way he's running things right now and, and how he's still going after the, the people that walked around the Capitol um and going after going after trump for his boxes and uh and all that uh this whole system is designed against you and and we saw the other day whenever they they put their flags up what the real flag of america is right now this is the occupying government the rainbow flag occupation and uh and all the corporations are on board for it i can't help but notice the new because this is a brand new flag for the alphabet people the lesbian, gay, and bi flag just used to be the rainbow. Now we've got this weird triangle for the trans and intersex people that have been added to it. And I can't help but notice that triangle symbolism at the top with going down um, vertically looks a hell of a lot like the Masonic flag. If you, if you oh, take yeah. the colours out and you have it blue and white, it's very Masonic. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think Not they're... Not saying it's this. one I, way I'm... or the other, but... Can't help What's your take on that? Uh, because I, I'm wondering if maybe they just kind of uh, the the Masons were they're they're a unit of power, right? And they're generally built throughout neighborhoods, and and so maybe the all the Mason stuff, all the things that got blamed on the Masons, were to put a lot of us off of it, and that we don't have secret societies in our hometowns anymore that kind of just, you know, run things from behind the scenes uh, because it was really localized Illuminati basically. Um, and yeah, now it's, it's sorry. It's, it's, I think it's a strange thing, isn't it? Like oh, the average Mason that you, you ever speak to, you you might ever know in your life. They're just a local guy from the community, right? It's like the the Moose Lodge or whatever, the Rotary Club and stuff like that. They exist. But I can't help but feel there's an analogy that doesn't matter whether you're a, a bee, a bear, or an alien person. So you could be someone who's into the Masonic side of things. You could be someone that's into the prepping and homesteading thing, like one of the bears. Or you could be a alien out of world type of person doesn't matter what community you belong to. There's some element of infiltration and co-opting going on to push public opinion in the way you think in your group. It could be 85% is, is correct and factual and there's nothing wrong going on. But if you've got that 15%, which is complete bullshit, that can throw everything else out. I imagine it kind of runs like, like the different dioceses of the Catholic church. And so uh, some of them are going to be based and some of them are, are, going to be terrible uh but but that it you know most of them are elderly now and it it, it won't be around in a few years uh, i mean maybe a couple decades it'll all of the remnants of it will have faded out and uh because it's not being fueled with young people at all and yeah we're not saying yeah we're not seeing that uptick or the intake that we're seeing same with religion you're not seeing I think in America more so you're seeing a little bit of a, like a last hurrah for Christianity. America's always been a Christian nation, but we're definitely seeing a resurgence, um, especially in, in what you would consider the based community. 
But you can see that starting to go on its way out and you can see the likes of the Catholic Church getting ahead of that and trying to develop this new world religion, which kind of goes back to that idea that AI is going to rewrite the Bible for the future and make it more palatable and acceptable for everyone. Yeah, that's a nightmare. <laughs> we were talking about that before the show. With uh, uh, So Yuval Noah Harari has decided that the Bible should be rewritten by AI. Uh, extremely blasphemous idea right there. He's, his, his whole concept was, oh, uh, the first thing that Gutenberg printed when, uh, when he had the print and printing press was, a, uh, was the Bible. But he, he printed the same Bible over and over again. Uh, this AI can, can make Bibles, but it can also change it. And I don't think anybody wants a changed Bible. I, I want the information that they took out. And, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, more details on on why things are included and why they're not, and uh, and better investigations into certain authorships. You know. Yeah. For um, anyone who is a Christian or anyone's interested in Christian theology, look at the Sudanese version of the Bible. That actually includes the um, the a lot of stuff around the Nephilim and the Genesis and stuff like that. It's Ethiopian Orthodox. It includes yes. the Book of Enoch. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to think about if. I was to suggest that AI should rewrite the Torah or the Islamic um, faith-based texts, that wouldn't go down so well. There seems to be a definite attack on Christianity within all the world's religions. Yeah. Uh, and that that's one of the reasons, you know, it, over the, over this three years of whatever we're dealing with, um, it, it's, got me to become a Christian and then, you know, you catch flack when you're over the target is really the, the thing that we're seeing here is that, you know, they're constantly attacking Christianity at this point And it's the only religion I see really being attacked. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate that there are a lot of arguments for why it's being attacked. Some horrible things have been done in the name of Christianity throughout time, but I can't help but notice that was the co-opting or bad players or bad individuals being used to set up the defamation of what Christianity is for the future. At one point, the world was, it was built around Christianity and those horrible things were put in place because they, they're playing this long game. I see this as they're playing a game that's hundreds, if not a thousand years ahead of where we think. And if they know that they're setting up a world religion, which could, conquer the world, set things in place, build an infrastructure with it, and then defame it later on. They've kind of got their, they're playing all their cards in the right places. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the things that, that were, that happened throughout history were overblown and, and remembered whenever they probably were minimal compared to other things that have happened. It's, it's just well, a, just another side up. Yeah. Well, it's like what Norm Macdonald famously said, that what are the chances that throughout all of history, the good guys always won? What are the chances? Yeah, yeah. What are the odds of that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we nailed it. I think we got it got it out here and, and perfect timing too. Awesome, man. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, uh, I'll send you the, uh, the audio and you're, you're free to uh, put it out on your feed. That'd be fantastic. All right. Well, uh, oh, tell everybody where that is. Tell everybody uh, how to find that feed. That that makes sense. 
<laughs> Drew Misson from your Missing the Point podcast. M-I-S-S-E-N. It's a play on my surname. You can find it on all the usual podcatchers, now on iHeartRadio. I do have a YouTube account, but I don't do a lot of video. It's predominantly audio. Um, just search it. Have a look on Instagram. You should find my name. Awesome. Uh, if you're finding me on Drew's, it's libertylinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. Thanks for tuning in, y'all.